702. Political analysis. Davi Ruet uh, is my guest. He's a chief economist at Efficient Group. He joins me now via Zoom. Good evening to you, Davi. Thank you so much for joining us. What jumps out at you at uh, as we uh, review the uh, the budget speech by Minister Kodoma? Good evening to you. Only one thing that jumps out, and that is election, election, election. This is an election. A speech by the, the Minister of Finance and uh, maybe a couple of things that, are, that that stood out for me. The one is that I think the estimates for the Minister of Finance for economic growth and revenue and that sort of stuff for the next year and the year thereafter is far too optimistic. I don't think the economy is going to grow in excess of 1% this year as an example. And of course, there's this wonderful opportunity for the Minister of Finance to dip into the foreign exchange and continuously reserve account at the South African Reserve Bank. And we can talk about that a little bit if you want to. But that essentially is a, is a forex reserves or um, foreign exchange reserves at the South African Reserve Bank. And that is money that actually belongs to the state. And the Minister of Finance made, uh, made use of that. And he's using about 250 billion rand of that. But that, of course, is only a once-off opportunity, and he's, he's using that now, and maybe next year he can use another 50 billion or so, but then it's done. So this is very much, I would say, an, a populist budget speech and a populist uh, budget by the Minister of Finance. Let's talk about what that means, populist, and you speak also about the fact that it has a lot of trademarks of a budget speech for a, an election year. What about that gives you that sense? And then we'll talk about that uh, reserve. Uh, or And you said 250 million. I thought it was 150 million that is going to be uh, pulled out of no. that over three years. Uh, but let's let's talk about some of the some of the markers for this budget speeches um, populism. Okay, a couple of things. You know, if you analyze the budget, then there are a couple of ways of looking at it. One is looking at the revenue side, or put differently, taxes. And there were no significant tax increases by the Minister of Finance. There were some tax increases, like, for example, on the so-called sin taxes. There were some increases on tobacco and alcohol products and so on. There was an increase in personal income taxes, but it is through stealth. It is the, 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 what economists call bracket creep. So the Minister of Finance did not adjust the various brackets for the effect of inflation. And the effect thereof is then that personal income tax actually went up by about 16 billion or so. Uh, so, but, but, but again, not, no significant increases in taxes or at least not the, not the most important taxes. And that is typically what politicians would do just before an election. They do not increase taxes. But apart from that, the South African economy is taxed to such an extent already that is, in any event, very difficult to really substantially increase taxes on a South African economy. If you look at the expense side of the budget, and that's, again, politics at play, is that there were an, a number of announcements. And, in fact, the, 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 the president announced that during the State of the Nation, things like, for example, the extension of the COVID grant. The, the, the minister did mention that, that, that it will be extended. And I think there will be something to replace the COVID grant uh, next month or the month thereafter, something like a basic income grant or some sort of consolidation between between the various social security support systems that we have currently. And then there were some announcements for wage increases for certain categories of civil servants. And then generally, there was an announcement for a wage increase in line with inflation for civil servants, 
which is far too high because civil servants in South Africa generally are overpaid and uh, and actually what we need to do is to cut back on the wage uh, bill of civil servants. So that again, I would call that electioneering or an election budget. Mm. Uh, I guess that's the most important point, that politicians do not increase taxes before an election and they do not cut back on state spending before an election and that's exactly what has happened. Explain to me this phenomenon of uh, bracket creeping, uh, um, Davi. What does it mean? Because a lot of people have been, people have been yeah. saying that they're happy about the fact that um, there hasn't been an increase in uh, personal income tax. But I have been hearing a lot of people talk about this phenomenon of, ba- of, of, of bracket creeping, which is a stealthy way of increasing um, government revenue collection uh, without necessarily coming out clearly to say we've raised uh, uh, income tax or any other form of tax. Uh, explain it to me. Explain the technicalities of this it's, bracket creep. It's, it's also called fiscal drag. Uh, nothing to do with clothing. What happens is that, <laughs> yeah. um, so what happens is that, say for example, the inflation rate, this is just an example. Say the inflation rate is 10% and you get a 10% increase in your wages. So in real terms, in actual terms, there was no, your, your situation did not improve. You simply stayed where you are because inflation is 10% and your wages increased by 10%. But the, the income tax brackets are nominal income tax brackets. So they say an income tax bracket between 100 and 200,000, you pay so much, and between 200 and 250,000, you pay so, so that percentage of income tax and so on and so on. And typically what would happen is that the Minister of Finance will adjust these various personal income tax rates in line with inflation so that you do not get penalized because of inflation. And he did not do, do that this year. So what happened is that you, because of inflation, you will get a salary increase. And because of that, you will fall into a higher income tax bracket. And because of that, you will get taxed at a higher rate. Mm. And typically that would be an adjusted, uh, adjusted every year. And the Minister of Finance did not adjust that. So in actual terms, there was an increase in personal income taxes to the tune of approximately 16 billion rand. So it's just the the adjustment. So effectively, you are being taxed for inflation. That's what it comes down to. Sure. Talk to me about the issue of, um, you know, I mean, you speak of of the fact that this could be seen as a populist sort of budget. Uh, But I'm seeing that. Trade unions are not necessarily happy about this budget. Uh, we are hearing that there are going to be a lot of retrenchments. Uh, Kumba Iron Ore has come out to say 1,500 people are going to be retrenched. Amplats has come out to say that 3,500 people are going to be retrenched. And that's just the companies that have come out to talk about it. We know that there's going to be more. Um, and, of course, there is this idea that, uh, you know, the... The uh, unions are going to be looking for more money out of this budget. Um, what about that would be seen as populist? No, no, but you're talking about the private sector. The yes. private sector, the private sector, remember they make their own money. Right. The private sector, uh, they can, they can be pre- uh, profitable depending on things like, for example, the availability of electricity or the price of of gold or the price of platinum or whatever they can, whatever they can do out there in the fun, in the markets. Yeah. The state, of course, is completely different. 
the state, uh, the state basically, if they need more income, they simply increase taxes. Uh, and it makes it complete. The state also cannot go bankrupt. A private sector company can go bankrupt. Anglo or Billiton or one of those companies, they can go bankrupt if their costs are too high and their revenue is too low. Then they simply go bankrupt. But in the case of the state, the state don't, don't go bankrupt. They simply increase taxes. So the, 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 the trade unions, they could be unhappy about the private sector because the private sector are currently retrenching a lot of people and they're doing that. Because if they don't do that, then those businesses will go belly up. They will simply go, they will be liquidated because they cannot survive financially. In the case of the state, the state can simply increase taxes. And they've been doing that for many, many years. And uh, and currently, the Minister of Finance announced that on average, in some cases higher than this, but on average, the civil servants will get an inflation-linked increase in their wages. So civil servants are protected from the reality of the of the market, the reality of what is happening out there, while private sector companies are not protected from the reality of what is happening out there in the real world. And so the, the, the trade unions are ha- unhappy be- because of the private sector, but they are usually quite happy about what happens in the, in the civil service or what the Minister of Finance is responsible for, because the Minister of Finance, at the expense of the taxpayer, quite often they give above inflation increases to wages. And this year, he announced an increase in wages to the civil servants in line with inflation, despite the fact that the civil servants, on average, are already, well, remunerated well above what they should be remunerated at. Yeah, I suppose you could argue that given the level of service delivery we are getting, um, anybody working in the can pu- I, public Can I comment sector? on that? Yep. Okay, so the civil servants, I can, no, I, I'm going to get into trouble about what, what, what I said just now. But the civil servants in South Africa are very remunerated. They're remunerated in most countries, in, and it's easy to measure that. They're also remunerated than every South African private sector worker, and it's easy to measure that as well. More? Not only Did that, you say more? Civil, Did you just say more than a private sector worker? Yes, they are. Well oh. above private sector workers. Uh, On average, remember, of course, there are one or or two private sector workers that are very, very well remunerated. But remember, everybody's not the CEO out there. So you're saying to me that on average, comparatively speaking, for the same kind of work, a civil servant worker would be better remunerated than somebody in the private sector? Much better. Really? Much better. Sometimes twice or maybe three times as much as the private sector equivalent workers. I'm not talking about the... you, You think about the very rich people out there. Um, and of course, there are private sector workers that are well, entrepreneurs and CEOs that are very, very well remunerated. But on average, the civil servants are much better remunerated. But there's something else that's even more important. It's all good and well to pay, to pay somebody a lot of money. But the question is, what do they deliver? What is the return that the taxpayer get for paying X amount of money to civil servants. And I can tell you, you compare, compare, education is a very good example. South Africa pay far more for education than most other countries in the world, including countries like, for example, Mozambique, countries like many other countries in the world. And I've, I've looked at the comparison there. But the outcome of our education in South Africa is significantly worse than most countries in the world. So we pay about two or three times more for education compared to countries like, for example, Mozambique. But Mozambique does much, much better in terms of the outcome of education than South Africa. So it's not only what you pay 
civil servants. I'm only using education as an example, but also what you get back in terms of whatever they produce, education or health services or law and order, whatever the case may be. Talk to me about the, the grants, both the yeah. 350 Rand grant, the other grants. We've seen there is uh, some increases for various sort of grants that come from uh, the Department of Social Services, uh, social development. Um, tell me about your understanding of the way that the minister has treated those, the, the grants uh, and what insights do you see uh, as far as that is concerned? Okay. Okay, the president seems to be quite happy with all these millions of people receiving grants in South Africa. Now, a good, so a, a, a functioning country, a country that works well, have fewer people receiving a social security grant, uh, and more people. So what happens in Africa, more and more people are receiving grants, which simply mean more and more people are in, are, are very in South Africa. And the president seems to be Happy about that. In fact, he boasts about that about 27, 28 people are receiving grants in South Africa. So the president is telling us there are so many poor people in South Africa that cannot make ends meet, that they depend on the state for an income, and I'm very happy with that. So let me give you some of the numbers. There are, say, about 27, 28 million people receiving grants in South Africa. There are approximately 2 million civil servants receiving an income from the state, and let's be honest, many of them are grant recipients. So there are approximately 30 million people receiving an income from the state every month, and there are less than 15 million people with a, an actual job in the South African economy. That means for every, every person with a job in the economy, there are two people receiving a grant in the economy. Now, I, I think we will all accept and agree that we South Africans cannot allow our fellow South Africans to die of hunger. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong for giving poor people a grant. And I imagine the, the, the other uh, addition to that sort of logic would be many of the reasons why we've had to have these grants fall outside of the control of the government. Uh, I suppose some would argue. Uh, some would uh, point to things such as COVID. Some people would co- point to just the general global economic slump. Uh, uh, no. Those issues, some would argue, are issues that fall outside of the control of the of the government, and that's why the president boasts about uh, those kinds of inter- interventions. I disagree with that mm. because, um, and I can send you all the numbers. I've done a lot of calculations on that. Yes, that's true. There are some external factors over which the South African government has very little control over. COVID is a very good example, uh, but that that applies to all countries in the world. And I've just done a calculation today and comparing South Africa to the rest of the world. So relatively speaking, we are the same as the rest of of the world because everybody experienced COVID as an example. Why then is it that our per capita GDP keeps on falling while the rest of the world keeps on rising? Why is it that that our life expectancy in South Africa keeps on falling while the rest of the world keeps on rising. And there are many other variables that I've calculated. That is true. There are some external factors, but it's always a relative calculation. Why is it that the rest of the world can manage these sort of uh, issues better than South Africa? And in most cases, that is the case. South Africa is falling behind. South Africa is still well ahead in um, some of these variables, well ahead uh, compared to, say, for example, sub Africa. But even 
Sahara Africa. The poorest in the world is catching up with South Africa. So no, I'm I'm afraid that's not a good a good excuse. Give us a voice note on 072-702-1702. That is one uh, channel of communication that seems to still be open to us. What uh, uh, mm-hmm. questions, comments do you have for Davi Ruert? He is uh, Chief Economist at Efficient Group. Him and I are having a conversation about uh, his interpretations of the uh, budget by the uh, Minister of Finance, Mr. Enoch Kotonga. And he says that most of it is really a... Uh, a populist budget that is reflective of the fact that we're in an election year, that uh, yes. that there are certain things that are perhaps uh, not uh, going to be good for us in the long term. You talked about the reserves in the um, yeah. Reserve Bank. We're told that they amount to about 550 million or billion rands. My understanding was that the minister announced that 150 billion rands of that will be accessed by the government over a three-year period, three period. You are talking about yes. this happening, uh, or you're talking about 250 billion rands. Uh, talk to yes. me about that, uh, please, Davi. Okay, let me explain to you. Okay, let me just explain where it comes from. Say, for example, the South African Reserve Bank buys a $1 10 years or a couple of years ago, and they, they paid 10 rand for that dollar. So the $1 is an in reserve at the South African Reserve Bank. In the meantime, what has happened is that the rand weakened. And now if you want to buy $1, you have to pay 20 rand a dollar, argument's sake. So the Reserve Bank bought a dollar for 10 rand, but it's actually worth 20 rand. So that means that the South African Reserve Bank made a a, a, a book profit of 10 rand, right. in my example. Right. This is exactly of course, it's a little bit complicated, but this is basically what it comes down to. Now, all those efforts accumulated is worth 507 billion rands, which is a lot of money. And what happens in most countries in the world, in fact, in Africa as well, when the Reserve Bank makes a profit, they typically would transfer that profit, that profit to Treasury, to the government. Right. So actually in a way government's money. Uh, the Minister of Finance decided that he's going to dip into that pot of gold and he's going to use some of that. So he decided he's going to transfer 100 billion rand in the current finance, or the next financial year, he's going to transfer 100 billion of those profits to his own account so that he can spend that. Which is in Treasury, fact, right? What the, uh, yeah, Treasury, that's yeah. correct. So he's, the idea is that he's going to borrow less money because he borrows a lot of money. So he's going to borrow less money. And next, the next financial year, he's going to transfer another 25 billion. And the year thereafter, he's going to transfer another 25 billion. So 150 total, billion. 150 billion will be transferred to the, to treasury for treasury to spend. But think about this. So if treasury spends this 100 billion now, there will be 100 billion rand going into the financial markets. If there's a lot of money sloshing around in the economy, then that can have an effect on inflation. So it's the job of the South African Reserve Bank to drain liquidity sometimes in order to make sure that monetary policy is effective. So typically what the Reserve Bank will do, they will buy some of this money or take some of this money out of the economy and that will cost money to the South African Reserve Bank. If if, if I want to explain this a little bit more. Essentially what it means is that there will be a cost 
to the South African Reserve Bank in order to maintain certain level, levels of liquidity in the financial markets. And in order, and that will cost the Reserve Bank some money. And Treasury decided since it is going to cost the Reserve Bank some money, we will give the Reserve Bank a hundred billion rand as well. And that's where the 250 billion that comes, comes from the same so, pot. From the same pocket. So it's 150 going to Treasury and 100 billion going to the South African Reserve Bank in order to maintain certain levels of liquidity in the financial markets. And I don't have a problem with that. Um, it's all good and well, and that's, that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But the reality is that 500 billion rand suddenly has been reduced to 250 billion rand. <sighs> Bombata responds to your um, sort of uh, uh, statement to say that, uh, uh, generally speaking, public servants earn more than uh, private sector uh, people. Bombata says, uh, Davi is talking absolute pork pies. Take a teacher at a private school compared to a pub, to a public school. Take a nurse at a public hospital compared to a private hospital. Where are government employees getting paid better? Says, uh, Bambata. Um, Nelson Mate says, uh, Aubrey, I wonder which public servant is your guest, uh, talking about? I'm a teacher, but I cannot afford to buy myself an RDP house. And that is from, uh, Nelson Mate. Uh, help us out as far as that one is concerned. Um, Davi. Yeah. All right. Well, well, one way of looking at it is to calculate South Africa's GDP on a per capita basis. That's one way that you can do that. Another way of doing it, remember what you're doing now. You're comparing teachers in the civil service with teachers, teachers in the private sector. I think that could be an example where private sector is remunerated better than the civil service. But remember, that's not where the bulk of people people are working in, a, in in South Africa. The bulk of people in South Africa are working as farm workers. They're working as factory workers. They're working as mine workers. And those averages will bring down the average remuneration for private sector workers. It will bring it down quite significantly and compared to uh, civil servants workers. So I can give you all the calculations. I don't have it. In the end at the moment, maybe one day. So let me, let me, let me, let me see how you come to that conclusion. You are looking at it at a per capita basis rather yes, than at, at a broad, not per, 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 per specific. Uh, 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 yeah. So, so it's, it's not, it's not yeah. in, it's not an individual sort of uh, calculation. No, of it's not. a per capita, capita. Um, also, and also keep in mind that we have in South Africa many, many millions of people that earn nothing. Because they're unemployed. Davi Rutt, thank you very much for your thoughts on the budget, 2024 budget. Your prognosis, though, as we go forward. Um, can South Africans then, after an election year, expect a, uh, a violent sort of fixing of what you called a, um, an election year budget? I don't know when this is going to happen, but I can promise you we are heading for a serious financial crisis. And uh, and again, I need some time to explain this, but somebody needs to fund all this additional spending. Of course, the Reserve Bank is coming to the party and providing us with another $150 billion or so, but that's not going to last forever. And the day is going to come when the private sector is going to say, listen, I do not want to lend money to the state anymore. When that day is going to happen, I just don't know. But I can tell you that the debt level of the state 
is rising at an alarming rate. And I can also tell you that the foreigners do not like to fund our fiscal deficit anymore. Um, and the day is going to come when the private sector is going to say, listen, I, I am prepared to lend money to the state, but now I want 15% or 20% or whatever the case might be. And then we're going to see the rent coming under tremendous pressure. We're going to see inflation going up. We're going to see interest rates going up. We're going to see even weaker economic growth. So that's what we are heading for. And it is my job as an economist to point this out. And I think we still have time to turn that around. But unfortunately, politics is in a way because there's an election around the corner. Politicians do not cut spending before an election and politicians do not increase taxes before an election. Davido, that means that the problem becomes bigger. I'm going to stop you there, but thank you so much for joining us. I'm hoping that we'll be able to talk uh, sometime soon. Much appreciated. David Ruet is Chief Econ- Economist at uh, Efficient Group.